Welcome to the She Did It Her Way podcast, a collective of interviews with top female entrepreneurs from around the globe who have done it their way. These women are disruptors, savvy, courageous, confident, innovative, decisive, unconventional, and humble. Our ladies have proven business models, have taken risks, and have failed only for success to follow. Join us as they share their stories, behaviors, habits, mindset, thought processes, and what it is like to be a woman who means business. And now, here's your host, Amanda Bolin. Good morning and happy Monday, She Did It Her Way listeners, and welcome back to another episode of the She Did It Her Way podcast. As always, this is your host, Amanda Bolin. I am beyond thrilled for you guys to hear this podcast and for this week, I actually sat down with a dear friend of mine and member of my mastermind group, Steph Crowder. She has a fascinating journey of finding great success in the corporate world while landing a high profile role at the age of 26 and realizing she wanted more from her career and life by needing less. And that's right. In this interview, Steph talks us through how she went about ex- exiting her nine to five pipe gig along with letting go of money and ego and made a career for herself that made her feel like she wanted to be in it for the long haul. And something that I extremely love about this interview is that Steph is a very authentic and raw person. And she will, she just tells you guys how it is and what she went through and what she was thinking. And it was an absolute blast to do with Steph. And she's just an intriguing individual and has a compelling story. So let's dive in on exiting the nine to five and living the life she desires with Steph Crowder. How's your morning going? It's going great. Um, (laughs) I saw you got outside for a run today. That looked pretty nice. Yeah, I was not anticipating it at all because I feel like my, um, from traveling so much, I think my throat started hurting and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, here we go. It's catching up with me, but I'm pretty impressed that it's taken this long to catch up. So it, uh, but anyway, yeah, I digress. It was awesome because I didn't really have any plan and I'm just like, I'm going to go run. And I listened to the podcast sermon from last Sunday's service about trials and stuff. So that was actually really empowering and then meditated and did some praying and then ran back and wow. Yeah, it was pretty awesome morning, but how, how are things going? Things are going great over here. Just, uh, you know, got my coffee, got my Tuesday going and, um, (laughs) <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready for action. Well, good. I is. What are you drinking? I love the um, uh, French vanilla coffee from Trader Joe's. Nice. Very I love good. Some TJ's. Yeah, yeah. That's my that's my go to. Is the, is the Trader Joe's? You really you can't be beat. Good stuff. I love TJ's. So cool. Well, I like I said in the email, we're just gonna go right into it. Just as you and I are having a conversation. To, Perfect. Yeah. Okay. So take us back. I know, oh my gosh, okay, so we met, money and mindset, but give us an overview of your journey, like high level, and then we'll just dive right into some of the parts that I think the listeners could really, really benefit from because you are someone who, you're just a fantastic person, but you also are, you, you, um, you're brave enough to be vulnerable and to share things, and so that's why I think that people are going to get a lot from 
listening to your journey and, and, and inspiration. Well, thank you. And I definitely hope that's the case. And let me also just say I'm super excited to be on the show. So thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited about this. And I think, you know, it's funny because like you said, we met at the um, Money Mindset Workshop at the uh, Windy City Bloggers event here in Chicago. And in a lot of ways, I think we're soul sisters or spirit sisters (laughs) in terms of our path. So, uh, so I, I've, I've definitely appreciated having your support along the way. Um, so thank you for that. But as far as, you know, my journey and how I started, um, I guess I'll just start kind of out of college. You know, I, uh, I graduated from college five years ago and right away I just wanted to, to hit the ground running. Like I just had this sense that I just wanted to get a great job and just kill it and, achieve as much success as I possibly could because that's kind of what you're taught to do and that seems like the right thing and I wanted to make my parents proud and make myself proud and build a good life and you know I'd always seen myself as somebody who was going to like live in a big city and have like this high-powered job it, that might be kind of a weird thing for like a girl in middle school to think about but that's what I used to think about so so I kind of always saw my life going that way so right away I you know got a job here in Chicago um and I actually started, uh, it was funny because I studied at Notre Dame and I was really excited about getting a job, but you know, I graduated in 2010 and the job market was not great at that point. And I feel like one of the things that people didn't necessarily tell me as I was going through college is that it's really hard to get a job. Um, so I looked for a long time. I actually ended up um, working for a very small startup company here in Chicago called Game Day Housing. A couple of great guys who also graduated from my alma mater um, started this this company and it was just a couple people and I joined them as a marketing intern. And I think that I mentioned that part because I think, um, first of all, that's really not what I had imagined for myself. I saw myself joining. I actually went on like, I, tr- I was begging people at like Leo Burnett and these other advertising agencies to to interview me and that none of that really worked out. It's just kind of funny how things fall into place. So I ended up at this like very, with this very small team working, um, cold calling people who owned homes around college football stadiums around the country. And basically my job was to ask them if they wanted to leave town for the weekend when Alabama's playing Penn State, for example so they could make $2,000 on a home rental. So that was my <laughs> so that was my job and I was like, you know, just certainly ne- never something that I had predicted, but I loved it and I loved working for a small team. I loved seeing um, you know, having a front row seat to how these two guys ran their business and I found that very fascinating. So that was in the summertime um, unfortunately, the company, we they wanted to keep me on, but it didn't really work out. So I started looking around. And at the time, I was getting emails from a company called Groupon. And uh, Groupon was pretty new here in Chicago. And it was kind of like the hot thing. Everybody was you know, wanting to go out and use Groupon to discover cool things in their city. And one of the other um, interns with me at, at my startup company was like, you should apply there. I was like, that's a pretty good idea. So I did. And I ended up joining Groupon as a sales rep. Um, about five years ago now, five years actually like <laughs> this month. Um, and it was an awesome, incredible ride. I joined the fastest growing company in history. Um, I just started cold calling businesses in Florida and it was awesome. It was, I, I got to watch so many things happen. I got to watch uh, exponential growth. I helped bring that company through the IPO when we went public. Um, I ended up jumping over into the training side of things, became a sales trainer after having my own success in sales. So I taught other people how to do that. And then I ended up running that department. So I ran um, sales training for North America and I loved it. It was an incredible journey. How old were you? 
Um, I was, well, I'm 27 now. So I, I guess I started doing that when I was 26. So I know. So I never had imagined that either. So here I was with, you know, in, in my probably like previous life's terms, the success that I had been looking for, but something was still kind of missing for me. And it was, it was, like I said, Groupon was an amazing company to work for. I had tremendous mentors, great teams, but deep down, I think I just knew that corporate was not going to work for me. And I didn't necessarily know what that meant. But what I can tell you is I just could not get past the idea that I would never be in control of my schedule five out of seven days a week. And, you know, I would think about like when, like, I, I love what I do, but I'm gone like 10 to 12 hours a day. Like when is, you know, when am I going to be in control of my own life? And retirement felt very far away. And I was like, I can't, you know, am I really going to, is it always going to be like this? Or, or, or is there a chance that there's something different or something more? Um, and, and I don't, I didn't know what that meant, but I just knew that I needed to kind of explore that. A big part of my motivation, um, is, you know, I live in Chicago with my husband. We've been married for three years and, um, family is in our future. And I just didn't know what that meant for me either. So at Groupon, I was really lucky because I had women who were above me in leadership positions who were mothers and they certainly made it look easy. So hats off to them. Um, but I just, you know, as I contemplate family, I was sort of like, well, what is this going to look like for us? And I just didn't really feel like I liked my options, if that makes sense. I didn't really want to be away. Yeah, I was going to say, what did you see your options as being? Yeah, it kind of felt like, you know, I had to um, have children and go back to work for 10 hours a day, five days a week at least, um, which didn't sit right with me. I was sort of like, well, that feels out of balance because I really, you know, dream of being involved in my children's lives. And the other option kind of felt like, well, um, you know, my husband has a great job. I, there's probably a reality where I could parent full time. Um, and I didn't, you know, I, I have my mother was a stay at home mom and she certainly raised us to be amazing people. And I'm very grateful for that. But for me, I just I wanted I wanted something else. I want I want to feel like I'm building something. I, I that's kind of what I get high off of is building and creating and strategizing. So to me, to feel like being gone 10 hours a day or putting my career completely on hold. Like that was sort of almost like I use the word devastating to me. And that might sound dramatic, but it really was. I was sort of like, what, what does this mean? You know? So I sort of feel like I embarked on this like desperate hunt for my own (laughs) personal truth before I felt like, you know, we could have a family and we still don't, but I, I, I couldn't be okay with not having this resolved or at least feeling like I was on the right path. Because what I didn't want to do was say, well, you know, let's just start a family and we'll kind of figure it out. Like that, that sort of scared me because I felt like, you know, uh, my mother, is a very, very talented woman and she is a very savvy businesswoman. But, you know, her I watched her sort of put that career on hold and it took until the kids were grown to kind of figure out what what she wanted to be when she grew up. And she would talk to me about that. So for me, I sort of just felt like I have got to figure out what what this means before I, you know, feel open enough to like explore this next stage in my life. So I think that was really my motivation. And um, that's what opened my mind to, to sort of seeing what else is out there. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. So tell us then you now, now you've left Groupon. Tell us about that journey between Groupon to where you are now. And then I want to dig into the feelings and emotions and the ego and everything that came yes. along with wrestling through leaving this. I mean, cause you were, I mean, if people want to compare if money's a big thing and people, I know that that's a common theme that anyway, I'm going to shut up. I'm just going to let you tell it. Cause yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Shock. Yeah, no, it's huge. It's yeah, I, I have I definitely have some thoughts on that, too. Um, so like I said, I was sort, sort of felt like I was on this desperate hunt for an alternative lifestyle. And actually, I skipped one part too, where I thought for a time I was like, maybe I'll be a professor. Like I thought, you know, I was like, I, I feel like I was trying to think up these different career types that I felt like had different lifestyles attached to them. Mm. So I think it's important to point it out that my mind was a little bit more open to um, maybe my radar was up to people who were living different lives and having different careers because I I wanted something for myself. So I mentioned that to say that I I became really interested in people with sort of different life setups. Um, And I think because of that, I started really being tuned into what other people were doing. So um, I have a good friend. Actually, Amanda, this is a mutual friend of ours. Blair Stakey is a friend of mine here in Chicago of uh, thefoxandshe.com. And we've been friends for a while. Our husbands are friends. Um, You know, I looked at her life and she has been a uh, designer, a WordPress designer in Chicago for as long as she's lived here, which I think is like four years now. And I would always talk to her about her. I was like fascinated. I'm like, wait, you work from home? Like you have a dog? Like how, what? Like, how do you do this? You know, and I, and we would talk about it and I was like, man, that's so cool. So she was sort of the first person that I started having these conversations with. And she pointed me, it's sort of weird, like set off this chain reaction, right? She introduced me to uh, someone named Jess Lively, who people out there may have heard of at Mm JessLively.com. So I started um, listening to Jess. I I actually had a great conversation with Jess once. She was very helpful. And I think it was her who told me about Smart Passive Income, which is Pat Flynn's podcast. Fantastic. Yeah, I know you're a fantastic podcast. So if you guys are listening, um, the Jess Lively Show and then Pat Flynn for SPI. We'll put those in the show notes, but those are also two really fantastic podcasts that you guys should definitely dig into as well. Oh, they're so great. But both of those podcasts I would listen to, like sitting in my car, driving to my job. <laughs> and with listen, especially listening to Smart Passive Income, I would listen to these people who were on Pat's show. And they seemed like just real regular people who had thought of something cool, you know, created a product, found people to buy it, and then they were living their dream life. And I just sat in my car and I was like, I I can do this. If they can do that, why can't I do it? So that's really what inspired me. And I started thinking, you know, why don't I try to start thinking about what I'm good at and see if I can't build a business around that. So I launched my career coaching business, which is called Miss Corner Office, um, where I was, you know, I had, as I've already described, I was uh, lucky enough to have great mentors and work really hard and I achieved rapid career success. So I had a lot of people, women in particular and younger girls approaching me in Groupon, on LinkedIn, just in my network, asking me how I had, um, you know, been so successful at such a young age. And I thought to myself, you know what? I love talking about this. I love empowering other women and talking about confidence and, you know, interviewing and all of these things. I think I could start a coaching business. So that's exactly what I did. I got some clients and I was blogging and um, things were going great. So I was loving that. And, you know, sitting in my car one day, I think listening to Smart Passive Income. I think actually maybe I was on the phone with my mom and it was like, you know how it is, Amanda, like in January, sitting in your car, it's like, you know, a hundred degrees below zero. And I was coming home one Wednesday night and I was like, mom, I am going to quit my job on April 17th. Like, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but that is my day. Like so that, you're, you're defining your, the day you made the decision, it was a hundred degrees below zero. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was like, I have to, I have to live my dream life. This Why is it. April 17th. I have no idea. It was just the date that uh, that popped into my into my head. I don't know. It wow. was just like 
super weird. So I, I say that for a reason because I'll come back to it. But, um, you know, I was uh, just through listening to these podcasts. There was one day where I was listening to Jess Lively's podcast and she had a guy on her show called Corbett Barr. Corbett is the um, CEO and co-founder of Fizzle.co. And Fizzle is an online community and training um, resource for independent entrepreneurs. And I was listening to his story, which is really a remarkable one. He has a very cool story about how he comes from um, you know, startups in Silicon Valley. And he sort of had a similar life story to me where he was kind of just like, how do I design the type of life that I want to have with my wife? And I really related to everything he was saying. So they were talking about Fizzle. And I was like, and, and they were offering a, a dollar trial for a month of Fizzle. And it was, you know, training for entrepreneurs. And I was like, that sounds pretty cool. I'm going to go check that out. So I joined Fizzle, loved Fizzle and started kind of having conversations with people within that community, started even having conversations with um, Barrett Brooks, who is of Fizzle as well. And fast forward, I actually work with that team now. So now I am uh, Fizzle's director of member success. So having been part of their community, they were looking for somebody to come on board and um, really be sort of like the front line in the face of the community. And um, that's what my job is now. So uh, I actually, my last day at Groupon was April 17th, if you can believe that. That is so... <laughs> I know. I, I love that story because you were just so confident and put it out to the universe and you're like, I'm quitting April 17th. Yes. I don't know why, but I am. And and you did. Yeah, I did. And and I was, you know, thinking about this last night as I was, you know, preparing to have this conversation with you. And one of the things I thought is like when you believe something so firmly, it feels like every molecule, every particle in your body is just like hurtling towards that goal. You know, and I think that if you really do want something, whatever it is, whether it's, you know, living the kind of life you want to have, having a different job, working from home, being part of a great company like Fizzle, whatever it looks like, you know, I think you just once you once you decide and really believe that you can do that and really focus on it. I just think that your mind opens up to different possibilities that you would like. It, it is very possible. I would have overlooked this opportunity to join this great team and be so aligned with what I like to do. If I hadn't made this decision in my heart that said, you know what, I'm going to find the right thing for me that allows me to live the kind of life that I want. And I'm going to have my heart and mind open even if it is, you know, in disguise at first, because it's not necessarily going to come up and bop you on the nose. You kind of have to be on the lookout for it. And that's sort of what I discovered too. Yes. What? And so now with, let's go back into the, the, like the lead up, because every time I talk to anyone who's ever left their job, gone out into like outside their comfort zone, I mean, there's just so many mixed emotions. There's a lot of like questions and things going through the head and there's like one day you walk into work and you're like I'm leaving I'm, I'm not doing this anymore and you think you made your mind up and then the next day you're like I had a really great day like I yes. think I can I think I can I can work this out I make good money I mean it's not that bad so tell us about your experience and what you went through leading like the six month window leading up to leaving Groupon. Yeah, we definitely. And I know you sort of mentioned money too. So we should definitely talk about that. And it's attached to all the ego things as well. Yes. Um, you know, it's funny because I tell pe people what I do now and do you, I think you have a great point. Sometimes it feels like, oh, it, the stars aligned and it was such an easy decision. And, you know, it was, I got to go from Groupon to being with this great company. It was a, it was scarier than that, you know, because with Groupon, like we talked about, 
I was the director of a department at the age of 27. I was making six figures. Um, I had equity. I had freedom. I had a great boss. I had a great team. Um, to be honest with you, when I was talking to my father about what I was about to do, he was like, are you, what, are you sure? Like, what, what are we doing here? Should we take a step back? You know, because it's like it, it on the surface, it, it, it's just amazing how your definition of success changes. You know, it, the truth is I was thinking about this as well as like, I feel like when I was going to that job, I was regularly worshiping my ego, you know, by the, by the ego's perspective, I had money, I had status, I had popularity, I had, you know, this great job, but none of those things were necessarily what felt good inside. It didn't necessarily make me feel like, you know, the, the truth of the matter was I was still feeling like I was showing up someplace, not necessarily doing my life's work and, you know, sort of trying to live my life my best life in the margins, whether that was in the morning when I was building Miss Corner Office, which truly was the thing that set my heart on fire in the evenings, you know, when I was spending time with family and friends or on weekends and vacations. So even though from an ego perspective, the, the tank was definitely full, you know, from a um, intuitive perspective or from a, you know, I guess like my heart and my passion that part just didn't necessarily feel right. And it didn't feel like it had longevity. I think that was the big thing too, is like, I just didn't see myself doing this forever. And I wanted to find the type of work that made me feel like I, I wanted to be in it for the long haul. So in making that decision, yeah, I mean, you know, joining a, first of all, I work remotely. I should mention that too. You know, my team, um, Corbett and Chase are in Portland. Barrett is in Atlanta. I'm in Chicago. So that's a big change. I now work out of my house, which is cool. I can work from anywhere. I, that's part of what I wanted, but it's different. Um, you know, and there was, there were things I joining a smaller company, joining a startup, the salary was part of the conversation as well. So in order for me to go and pursue this, um, it was definitely a big leap. It was taking a bit of a risk. I mean, if you think about the safety of being in charge of a department, working at a company that's in 48 countries and has 11,000 employees, which is what Groupon was for me, I'm now number four and the first woman to work on this team. So, you know, it's it's crazy. It's it's definitely, um, you know, it, it doesn't have the same safety or security to it. But that is not necessarily what I wanted at this at this stage. I wanted to be be part of something that feels aligned with what I love to do. And in my coaching business with Miss Corner Office, you know, that's exactly what I wanted to do is work with people who wanted to build their best lives, uh, women in particular, whether it was your dream job or going off and starting your own business. And now that I'm on the Fizzle team running their member success, I get to do that every single day. So it's very aligned with what I was trying to build on my own. But to me, I actually won even more than I could have imagined because I'm a collaborator. And now I have a team that I get to collaborate with every day and function as an entrepreneur. So it's just interesting how I think um, I, I couldn't have known if it was going to turn out well or not. You know, it was a risk. I, I took this leap and I could have, you know, spent my first couple months with this company and been like, what did I do? But one of the things you told me, Amanda, which was such great, great <laughs> advice was like, the worst thing that could happen is you go and you get a different job or, you know, the truth is Groupon probably would have taken me back. So there just was to me, like, even though it was scary, even though my ego was screaming at me, what are you doing? It just sort of felt like if I didn't try, I felt like I would always regret it. It was like, how could I ever pass something, pass something down that 
felt so aligned with what I really wanted to do. I just wasn't sure I could forgive myself. So I think the moral of the story is I couldn't have known that it was going to turn out the way that it did, but it was worth taking the risk when you really think to yourself, what is the worst thing that could happen? Mm-hmm. The worst thing that could happen is, you know, my husband and I can't pay our bills and I have to, you know, polish up my resume and hit the streets again. And to be honest, then I just have another cool story that I can tell the next person I interview with. You know, luckily it's not coming to that with the team. Things are going great and I love it and it's an amazing community, but that was the risk I had to take at the time. So what I was going to say, what was the, probably the most difficult part? I mean, were you ever at a really low, low, low point leading up to you leaving Groupon? Um, I, you know, I don't think I was ever at a low, a really low point. No, I think, um, I think before the fizzle opportunity presented itself, I, there were some days where I just wanted so badly to work. Here's the thing that's crazy. Like, I feel like once you figure out what it is that you want to be doing, which in my case was working with people who are, you know, wanting to build businesses and working with people who wanted to build their best lives. In a lot of ways, it felt like I had been like living in the matrix. And all of a sudden I realized like, (laughs) <laughs> that I was in the matrix, you know, and I was like, like, I do feel like once you start challenging your career, once you start challenging this idea of what career should be like this concept of should is such a big thing that I was mm-hmm. a slave to. And once I started challenging that, I did start to look around. Like It was a kind of a blessing and a curse because on one hand, it was exhilarating. I was like, oh, my God, you know, career doesn't have to be, you know, eight to five in an office. It doesn't have to be climb this ladder and just, you know, work your butt off until retirement. Once I started challenging that, it's almost kind of like I looked around my life and I'm like, what else am I supposed to question? And while that's exciting because you do start to feel free and it feels like relief, um, I also do feel a little bit like my identity was in there. You know, like I identified myself for so long on the success of my career. I identified myself as like a director at 27. So to walk away from that it did feel like I did have days where I felt like, am I giving up? Am I slowing down? Am I putting the brakes on? Am I lazy? I mean, I did have those days for sure because I had believed for so long that I was going to be, you know, a senior, you know, (laughs) CEO or something in my thirties, which was probably a a possibility. But then the question became like, for what, you know, what, like, what would be the point of that? Would it be so I could pat myself on the back? And then, you know, the, the thing I realized too, is that the goalpost just kept moving. You know, it was like when I was in, um, when I was a sales rep, I wanted to be a trainer. Then I became a trainer. I wanted to be a manager. Then I became a manager. I wanted to be a director. And it's like, it just, it doesn't stop unless it's aligned with what you, uh, with, with what you really love to do every single day. So I think that that was one of the things that I kept asking myself whenever I had those moments where I was like, are you sure you want to walk away? Everybody likes you here. Like, that's one of the things my boss said. He was like, he was like, everybody likes you here. You're, you're proven. You have a reputation. Like, you, you, you've got it made. And that was very much an argument for safety, you know, and it was hard to that, that argument is a, a comforting one. But when I asked myself, like, is like, is this what I want to be doing forever? And the answer was like, not really because it just feels sort of like I'm doing it for like the pats on the head and to get my gold star. I knew that that was not going to, whenever you're working for that gold star, I have found you need the validation of other people constantly and it doesn't come from within. So for me, like when I would have those days where I was like, this is kind of scary. Like, am I giving up on something that's, you know, supposed to be my ticket? I would just think back to that. And it really helped me um, realize what what I was working towards versus being beholden to the conventions that had really sort of trapped my mind for so long. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and what, so going back in what you said, there's like a couple questions, but one is how did you get to, God, I'm like struggling to ask this question just because it's like, there's so much that you just said that I think is super high, high value. So let's start with if someone is listening to this podcast right now and they are wrestling with their job and they're not feeling fulfilled and they don't feel aligned and they can't see any sort of opportunity or they're not questioning something yet. Like what would you tell them to be the first thing that they need to do in order to start to break that mold of what quote unquote should be? Yeah, I think that's a really great question. It's it's really interesting. The first thing I would say, and I know I shared this with you too, and I, we're in a mastermind together, and I shared this with the group, but Jess Lively has a really good exercise for this that helped me. Um, you can find it, and we can put this in the show notes too probably, but it's JessLively.com slash feeling lost. And it's just a little writing exercise that she has on separating your ego from your intuition. I find that really helpful. I know it might seem, maybe it seems like woo-woo or a little bit out there to some people, that that the answers are within but like I have that has been my experience is that if you can find a way to just quiet the mind long enough to quiet the ego and the voices that tell you should I think when you start hearing should I should be doing this I should be the director I should be making six figures I should 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 that's when I think it's a red flag that you're not necessarily leading from your heart um I think that's probably like my first tip. So if you can try to quiet that part of the of the mind and really just explore, you know, if you could be doing and people people ask this question like this is an old one and it never resonated with me. But you know that old question of like, what would you be doing if money were no object? Like people used to ask me that and I couldn't literally I couldn't I, I truly couldn't even answer that because money is an object. So it's really hard. It's hard to answer that. But, you know. I think one of the things that helps is I I work with a lot of people now and it is amazing to see the kinds of excuses that we make to protect ourselves and protect some of them that you like, what are some of the excuses that you hear? Cause I mean, you see people, especially in in fizzle and people that you've worked with, what are some of the typical excuses? Oh my gosh. I mean, it's everything, right? It's like, it's things that are surface level. Like I don't have time is probably the most common one, you know, and that's fair. It's totally fair. Cause you think to yourself, I have a family, I have a day job, I have commitments. How could I possibly be selfish enough to take time to build my business on the side or whatever that looks like? But you know, there's like there's a, we actually just did a podcast on this recently on the fizzle show and we were talking about it and we were saying you know the, some of the advice out there is like if you feel like you have no time stop watching lost you know like like yeah. find something in your life like maybe don't watch game of thrones this sunday like there's there are things it just feels get like rid of tv yeah 100 and it'll free up no yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's funny because because you think about it, you're like, oh, that sounds like that sounds like hell. I have to give up the things I like, but it's like then you ask yourself the question, like, how much do you want your best life? You know, like how much do you really want it? Because if you do, you will find a way to make it happen. And some of the other excuses that are out there, I think, are even like it's everything from health stuff, which health health things are very very real, obviously, but it's also interesting to see the way that. Um, 
and I've been there too, where it's like, I don't feel good. I, you know, I, I'm not going to take the time to get up early and work on myself. And, you know, I think we all have to take care of ourselves, but at a certain point, I think you do have to rise to the occasion. So it's things like time. It's things like health, um, family, money is a really big one. People think, you know, I can't default on my, all my responsibilities, but this goes back to that, that thing that I was mentioning about being in the matrix. Like once you start challenging your career, I started challenging myself on other things like I up and up to and including like do I have to live in this house do I have to live in Chicago and that at first was like really scary because I was listening to I don't know which podcast it was but another entrepreneur who was saying oh it was Diane Sanfilippo and she's the um she has practical paleo and the 21 day sugar detox and I followed her for a long time because I just have an interest in eating healthy and she was talking about that I think she was in advertising in San Francisco and she moved back home to New Jersey to pursue her health coaching business and I, I remember hearing that and I was like well, what like but it's true like you really if you really want to design your life, you can find a way to make those trade-offs to make that happen. And I understand, you know, of course, people have families, people have commitments, but really, really challenge yourself. Like you have a mortgage. I get that. Is there a, a way that you can get out from under that if it means you get to have your business or have your best life? You know, when you start to ask those questions, mm -hmm. things, things really do start to open up. And that can be a little bit scary because our limiting beliefs, they comfort us. It's like a blanket, you know, it keeps you safe in, in your current reality. But if you start to look at those limiting beliefs, so if you're, you know, just to kind of go back to the ego for a second, if you are wondering if you're caught up in ego, I would say anything, anything that comes up that's like, but I can't because this but I can't because that really challenge yourself to figure out whether or not that's reality or is that a limiting belief give and I'll an limit give us an yeah I was gonna say give us an give our listeners um, an example of that um, an, an example of a limiting belief I think one I'll just give a personal one I think a, a, an example of a limiting belief for me would have been I can't, you know, I'm 27 and I've achieved this massive level of success as a director at a, you know, huge startup company. I can't walk away from that to pursue a somewhat uncertain opportunity with a really small team with people that I met on the internet. <laughs> like, like the limiting belief was like, I think, you know, you've achieved too much. Like you can't go back. There's almost this feeling of like you have a mortgage, you have a husband, you have a dog, you ha live in Chicago, you have a, you know, all these commitments, a car payment. You can't go back. Your fate is sealed. Mm -hmm. And that was a limiting belief for me. I had to look at and, you know, John, my husband and I, we had to sit down and say, OK, like, what do we need to make as a family in order to be fine. You know, not like starving on the street, but like we like I already mentioned at the beginning of this call, we like to shop at Trader Joe's. So like what do we need in order to be able to shop at Trader Joe's and live a good life, but maybe we could tighten the belt a little bit. And that's exactly what we did. So, you know, once I sat down and did the numbers with him, we actually needed a lot less than I ever imagined. And I know this is going to sound crazy, but, you know, when I first made this jump, um, I walked away from a lot of salary, as is very common when you're, you know, going to try something different. Um, I ha We don't actually even feel the difference, which seems insane oh to me. Oh, my gosh. That's, that's incredible, though. Yeah, but it's true. Like, and I was talking to, you know, one of my teammates about this as well. Like, there's a lot of studies that say that there's a certain number. I think it's seven, about $75,000 a year, which at that point, when you're making that much money, everything after that, every incremental uh, bit of salary is not going to make you more happy. More happiness after that comes from things like self actualization. Once that's just the average number. And of course, it depends on like if you have a family to support, that's totally different. But in general, on average, 
$75,000, once you get past that, it's not going to move the needle on how happy you truly are. So that's just important to consider too, I think. And that may be an example of a limiting belief, you know, because we're taught to like go out there and get as much money as you can. And money is great. It's important. We need it. But, you know, if you ask yourself, what do we really need in order to have a good life and to be happy and to feel like we're on the right path for ourselves and our family? I think it's worth really challenging what's reality and, and what might be just things that you've been holding on to because your parents taught you that or because society told you that that was the case. Yes. You know, because it's all that that should be and and thinking that if there's a certain salary attached to it, we should be living a certain life and how that all plays into it. So, and I also want to go back to the talk about more. You, you mentioned the identity piece and then you like, we internally in our minds wonder, okay, am I doing this because I don't want to work as hard or am I slowing down? Like I'm going to forgo everything. And I think that conversation that happens between our ears is one that can talk ourselves into like fuel us or it's going to keep us safe. And so talk to us about that. Yeah, I totally agree. And it's, it's hard. I, I will be honest, totally 100% honest with everyone listening. Like, I'm still struggling with that. I have, I left my job. It's been two months. Um, I still sometimes feel like I identified myself for so long as this like career, like, woman and this leader and this business person. And I still, you know, I'm still working very, very hard with Bizzle, like maybe harder than ever because I I care so much about it and I love it. It doesn't feel as much like work because I'm obsessed with what we're doing and building together. But I did identify myself so long as somebody who was climbing a ladder. And um, when you, it's like this double-edged sword because, and we talked about this yesterday morning too. You guys helped me with this in our mastermind group. You know, I wake up in the morning now. um, There's not anybody who's telling me what schedule I have to be on. I can walk my dog. I can go to the gym. I can, you know, go to the grocery store, you know, provided that I'm contributing the way that I need to be with with my team and getting everything done. I'm trusted with that. And I'm very, very lucky. I get to run my life like an entrepreneur. That is everything that I worked for. Um, and it's kind of funny because sometimes when you set a goal and when you um, dream of having the things that, you know, the life that you want, and then all of a sudden you kind of have it, you wake up and you're like, you're like, what the heck do I do now? <laughs> I'm like, okay, great. Uh, I went out there and I got it. Cool. Check that off the list. Now, like, what's the next shiny penny or the next goal? And that has been the season of, of my life that I'm in now is like, this realization that there is no there. There is no when I get there, when I work really, really hard and I get to that goal or this goal or this number or whatever that looks like. Like my goal right now is just really trying to be happy and content and peaceful in my every and my every day. And I try to look at every day as its own little lifetime. You know, like if every day were its own mini lifetime and we're born again each morning, you know, would I be happy with this lifetime? And that is very hard for me because I am a chronic gold star girl. I am an (laughs) overachiever. I just have always been that way. So you're right. And and a lot of times it does make me feel like, am I not working as hard? Am I not as ambitious anymore? And I don't think that that's the case whatsoever. I think that I'm just more, I'm I'm trying to just bring everything into more balance because I think it's hard to like yourself. It's hard to accept yourself when you're always pushing yourself to be this tomorrow version of yourself. Mm-hmm. And goals are great. I mean, I love goals. I love having intention with what you want to do with your life, but not to the point where you're so frustrated with who you are today and where you are today that you don't even like what you see when you look in the mirror. So that is really what it's all about for me right now is how do I feel ambitious and excited and push myself, but also like look at myself in the mirror and say like, you know what? 
today's great and I love what we're building today. And like if today were my last day on earth, I'd feel pretty good about that. And that's really what I'm working on right now. But you're right. It is totally between the ears. And it's not how we're conditioned with grades in school and, you know, competition and all of these things. It do, It is a different way to define happiness and success. And uh, it's not easy, but I think it's worth it. Mm-hmm. And and you you said when you talked about the ego before and going and like this person that we should be tomorrow or that we should aim for. I mean, those are all the things that we are putting on ourselves because we think we should be that person. And so it's being human is just tough work some days. It is. It is. And it's like, you know, one of the things that I am still working on really hard um, is, you know, validation and not needing the approval of other people to, to know that my work is good work. And I think that especially being in a company when you have a boss and you have um, performance reviews and you have goals. Like I was in sales for a while. You have those goals that are always like you're always chasing them. There's always these benchmarks or there's always these other people who are there to tell you that you're doing a good job. And I personally, my big goal right now is like, how can I put work out into the world that I don't need anybody to tell me that it's really good work. Like I just feel so good about it. And so, um, you know, like it's it's so in alignment with my with just what's in my head and my heart that I don't need my teammates or an audience out there to say like, wow, bang on, good job. And that's really hard. I mean, I think that we're taught for so long. It's our parents who will say, you know, good girl, bad girl, when you're doing things the right way or the wrong way. So I think that um, it always feels good to get praise. There's there's no question. And I think it's good too to like, I'm not saying you shouldn't listen to uh, advice and feedback from other people because I think self-awareness is everything in life. But I do think that a lot, at least for myself, I spend I have spent way too much time seeking um, and really feeling good by like the Atta girls, you know, and having bosses and mentors tell me how great I am and that I'm doing a great job. And I just I think that to get to a point where we just feel like, you know what, what I'm putting out there is my best and my best is awesome. That's like, I think that the ultimate in terms of career happiness, in my opinion. Yeah, that is such good advice. Okay, so to get to wrap to wrap up i have a couple rapid fire questions for you okay so if your entire life was a movie what title would best fit oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh um that is such a good question what title would best fit if my life was a movie i think it would be <laughs> i don't know i don't even know what the answer to that would be it would be something about like peace or taking it easy or, you know, like just living every day easy or living every day normal or just happy, like just not worrying so much about tomorrow. Maybe it would be called like slow the hell down and just accept yourself, you know? I like it. Something like that. I like it. Okay. What, uh, what did life teach you yesterday? Life yesterday taught me that sometimes you just need to take a shower. Seriously, like working from home is is hard, and sometimes you get in your own head and you think like, "Oh my god!" Like I sometimes feel like a housewife because I go to Trader Joe's and the guy is like, "Do you have today off?" And I'm like, "Oh my god, no, I don't have today off," and I feel like I have to explain myself to the universe. So, yesterday, life taught me that you know, no matter it was it was Monday morning yesterday, no matter what you're doing, whether you're showing up in an office or you're working for yourself, you know get started in the morning and really put on your best face for the day, no matter what is in store for the day. And it is pretty remarkable how different you feel. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. Mm-hmm. Okay. What, what is a bad habit that you want to break? 
Um, this is probably not going to be surprising because I sort of already talked about it, but I think judging my feelings, you know, versus listening to them and realizing that they're just feelings. Sometimes if I'm feeling anxious or stressed or sad or uncomfortable, my first reaction is to be like, well, what does that mean? And so right now, one of the things I'm working on is just saying, you know what? I feel sad right now. And that's okay. Like being sad is part of part of the experience here on earth. So that's okay. So that's my sort of deep uh, habit that I'm trying to break. But I'll pick a more fun habit just, you know, for whatever. I'm really trying to make my bed every morning. That is hard. It's hard to just make your bed, you know? Like I just sometimes I just jump right into my work. I'm really trying to uh, you know, make make the home a bit more peaceful by doing that. Yeah. And so that goes right into the next question. Uh give us one ugly truth about the real life of working from home. I, I will tell you, sometimes I I am very guilty of not eating lunch until three o'clock. <laughs> because I just get so sucked in. So one of the ugly truths is it's very easy to lose track of time. Um, it's kind of easy to feel like you've been living in a bomb shelter working on your email and your projects for days on end. So is if you don't have a schedule and if you really care about what you're doing, um, you could really end up neglecting yourself. So very important to build in um, so time. So eat and take a shower. Eat and take a shower. This is pretty basic. <laughs> the pretty basics of living. Just make sure you eat and take a shower. Okay. Um, and last question is, what if one book that you can recommend to our listeners, what would it be? Um, I love Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. That book is is phenomenal. For uh, It taught me a lot about vulnerability and um, what it means to just be yourself and how to, how to put down your armor and really just be transparent and authentic with people around you, with your family, with your friends, in your working situation, and realizing that if you open yourself up to you know, everything that's out there, when you're putting your true self out into the world, it's the best way to grow. And the worst thing you can do is pretend to be something that you're not because that prevents you from growing in any way because then you just kind of stay how you are. So Daring Greatly by Brene Brown is a really great one, I think. Fantastic. So, well, Stephanie, I I loved and enjoyed our conversation. So thank you so much for all the insight and your story. And I'm sure that a lot of people, a lot of listeners are going to be able to relate to this because it's something that, a lot of people are going through and I just appreciate your wisdom behind it all. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. And if there's anybody listening who is, you know, resonates with the story and is interested in, you know, pursuing a different path and, um, you know, even interested in being an entrepreneur, I definitely encourage you to check out fizzle.co. It's free to join for your first month to uh, get the training and be part of the community of entrepreneurs that won't, won't let you quit. You can find me there. I'm very active in the community and I would love to, uh, I'd love to see some She Did It Her Way listeners uh, come over and check us out. Absolutely. And we'll make sure to put all of that goodness in, in our links. So thank you guys for, for listening as well. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in to the She Did It Her Way podcast. Did you like this episode? Head on over to iTunes.com to leave us a rating and a review. We would love to hear from you. And don't forget to check out She Did It Her Way podcast.com where you can subscribe to our email list so you can receive the inside scoop on our latest episode released each Monday. Now, do us a favor and go make it a great week.